listening to the Keeping It Juicy podcast. You made squeezing nutrition. Don't forget to subscribe so you can join us every Tuesday for a brand new episode. And add us on Facebook and Instagram at Keeping It Juicy Podcast. All right, welcome to episode 21. Today we're going to be talking about food label lies. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> but before, yeah, this one's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but before we do get into that, let's really just talk about this new nutrition and news. It's something that's been kind of cycling the internet for the past couple of weeks. And that's basically the whole spiel about herbal life and the liver failure study case. Uh, or I just want to say first, like liver failure and Herbalife have, n- they're not new. Like there have been studies for a while and there's always been kind of talk of it, but this is the absolute most recent and almost serious. I mean, they're all serious, but this one is <laughs> intense. I don't like, I don't know if it just because it's a lot more blown up now or what, but this specific incident occurred in India. Um, just because for some reason there's a high consumption of Herbalife products in India and Vietnam and Cambodia. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's an international wide company or scam, I would uh-huh. have to say. <laughs> um, but this study does talk, so it does talk about a, a case study. So this focuses on one person. So keep that in mind while we go through this case study. I mean, it's not a general randomized trial and whatnot, so it is based on one person. But this is based on a 24-year-old woman with hypoparathyroidism that had no other chronic diseases. Her BMI was 32.1, so slightly obese, overweight, whatever. And she used about three Herbalife products for about two months. So a week after this... They saw a progressive loss of appetite, which was shortly followed by jaundice. As her jaundice worsened, she was brought to the ER with grade 3 hepatic encephalopathy. They also found high levels of heavy metals that were found in all of the source Herbalife products and undisclosed toxic compounds. They even found traces of psychotropic recreational agents in about 75% of all the samples. And they found bacterial DNA that were isolated from 63% of the samples. And samples of the Herbalife products, yeah, correct? Yes. Okay. Of the Herbalife products. And then, okay. and even more so, multiple bacterial communities were detected, including highly pathogenic series of those bacteria. So the patient was urgently transferred to a transplant center, but she passed away on the waiting list very soon after. Like I said, mm-hmm. this occurred in India. Um, just for as long as I've known Herbalife, they have been associated with liver type symptoms. So exactly, this is nothing new. That there have been previous reported studies of um, like malfunctioning livers when using Herbalife. Mm-hmm. And also keep in mind, this is just a case study it's not a randomized clinical trial Mm -hmm. most of the liver failure studies are case studies but it's like how many case studies we need do we need until it's like a common known fact you know oh yeah so and it is unfortunate that like these products did have these 
bacterial communities and uh, reactional agents in the samples. Who knows? Maybe the product was expired or maybe it was just bad manufacturing practices and mm-hmm. it was a bad um, case number. I don't know. But it's this, hard to say. But this has been this isn't the first time that it's occurred exactly. and people are acting mm-hmm. like it's a new thing. I'm like, uh, it's, no, it's been around it's for not. a bit. Yeah. And yeah, we definitely need to check the parameters of the other case studies to see what they found in the samples. Mm-hmm. And then if there's any consistencies, then it might be safe to say that there is something wrong with the there's manufacturing a, there's, and there's a something wrong thread. with the ingredient list. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like it's not a causation thing. Like Herbalife does not cause liver failure, but there's definitely some sort of trend going on here. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if there's a um a secondary company that's even regulating what's actually in Herbalife. So you know how some supplement products have yeah. like oh, this product does include what this includes. I don't think Herbalife has that. Do you- I'm not, I, um, I'm recent, I'm doing a project right now for one of my master's classes on sports supplements. Mm-hmm. And there is one company that is like a secondary investigator. I forget what it's called. I'll have to research it again. But I stopped researching them because they approved a lot of other stupid products yikes so they just approved like a lot of other stupid products like the c4 pre-workout which is garbage (laughs) and just just other products and I was like skimming their website and I'm like this is dumb so I didn't even take them seriously and I and part of that was because I did see one Herbalife product on there yeah it wasn't their protein powders it was one of their like water flavor enhancer type things Dude, there's so Which many Herbalife. There's so many Herbalife products. There's even like face creams and other bullshit too. Yeah. So it was one of their products that I saw on there, and that's also part of why I just clicked out of the website. Mm-hmm. But it it was a website. It was like an NS NSA maybe that seemed. I've heard it before. NSF NSF NSF. Yeah, you're NSF. Right. Perfect. Yeah, it's NSF, and if you just Google NSF. There's a Beachbody Performance Creatine that's approved. And then I kept scrolling. Mm-hmm. And they're all, yeah, the cellular C4. I'm like, that stuff sucks. You keep scrolling because it's in alphabetical order. And then when you get down, I'm on A, B, C, D, E, F, Herbalife, uh, Rebuild Strength. Herbalife Endurance 24 and then Herbalife Restore are all approved by the NSF. Ooh. See, I'm I'm usually a bigger fan of USP and GMP, which are yes. other mm-hmm. Muscle Milk is approved on this website too, and we all know <laughs> the controversy that they had a few years back. Your thing is doing it again. Um, I do know that Consumer Labs is another good company too. Yes. But US, USP and GMP is usually my go-to. Yeah, I agree. And I NSF now makes me question everything. Yeah. <laughs> so if you know anything additional about NSF, let us know. It was just something I stumbled upon, and I was, you know, trying to find reputable secondary um labs that look at uh supplements, and I'm just scrolling mm-hmm. and I see all these. Beach body, Herbalife, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> I don't care how 
Yikes. how careful you are as a lab, I don't agree with you if you're going to put your name behind <laughs> these products. So, yeah. I don't know. It's just, I don't get <sighs> the nature of Herbalife. I swear to God, I know two people that went into Herbalife mm-hmm. and they shouldn't have gone. And one of them was uh, a mutual friend of, mutual acquaintance, let me say. She got her bachelor's in psychology, was it? And then I know another person who actually got her bachelor's in dietetics and is using Herbalife products left and right. Yeah. So, I, a shame. I mean, yeah, it was nice knowing them. Anyways. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the actual bulk of our episode. So um, this one's going to be all about food labels and kind of hot words and hot trends that you'll see on food labels. And we're really just going to dive into what they actually mean. And maybe some mm-hmm. uh, negatives to these food labels. Right. And the first one is the biggest lie <laughs> is low fat or fat free products. So what's the actual difference between these two? So one of the side effects and results from the war on fat in the low fat craze was a huge plethora of processed foods with reduced amounts of fat. These products typically have labels that say low-fat, reduced-fat, or fat-free. The problem is that most of these products are not really healthy at all. Foods that have had that fat removed from them typically does not taste as good as the full-fat versions, and few people want to eat them. You actually might end up eating more of the products since it's not giving you the same satiety of the full-fat version. Rule number one of fat is fat keeps you full. I mean, it digests slower too, so fat does keep you full. So for this reason, food producers load these products with added sugar, so they take out the fat and add the sugar back in along with other additives. And rule number one of the food industry is if you take something out, you must always add something back in. It is now known that fat has been unfairly demonized while growing evidence reveals the dangers of these added sugars. So what this means is that low-fat foods are actually much worse than their regular counterparts. I mean, to summarize it, if a product has the words low-fat or anything similar on the label, it probably just contains added sweeteners. Keep in mind that these processed foods are not necessarily a healthy choice. Fats are actually required in your diet and have an abundance of functions in the body. Listen back to our episodes on fats for more information on that. Right, and... Actually, for something to have the low-fat label, it only needs to contain 30% less fat than the full-fat version, which Mm -hmm. means they could easily be doubling the sugar but only reducing the fat by a third. (laughs) Which, But it's still healthy, man. (laughs) And it will end up having more calories or maybe about the same, but it's just also where those calories are coming from. Mm -hmm. So the next one we want to talk about is trans-fat-free. And processed foods often have this trans fat free on the label. This also doesn't necessarily have to be true to have the label on it. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for something to say free but still has it. But as long as a product does contain less than 0.5 grams of trans fat per serving, they are allowed to put trans fat free on the label. So even though it says trans fat free, it will still have some trans fat. And always be sure to check the ingredients label. And if you ever see the word hydrogenated anywhere, then you are positive that it contains trans fats, even though it says trans fat free. 
And it is actually not uncommon to find hydrogenated fats in products that do have the trans fat free label. So in Mm -hmm. summary, you know, don't the label is fine, whatever, but avoid anything that has the word hydrogenated in the ingredients list. Again, food products that have been labeled trans fat free may actually contain up to 0.5 grams of trans fat per serving. So the next big food lie is include is that it includes whole grains. Okay, so now what? So over the past few decades, consumers have been led to believe that whole grains are among the healthiest foods they can eat. I mean, I personally agree 100% that whole grains are better than refined grains, although there is no evidence that actually eating whole grains is actually eating than no grains at all. That said, processed foods like cereals often claim to include whole grains. The problem is that whole grains aren't always whole quotation marks. The grains have been pulverized into very fine flour. They may contain all the ingredients from the grain, but the resistance to quick digestion is lost, and those grains might even spike your blood sugar just as fast as their refined counterparts. Plus, even if a product has small amounts of whole grain in it, chances are that it contains a ton of other unhelpful ingredients like sugar and high fructose corn syrup. Whole grains just tend to be a vehicle for the other foods in that product. So the next one that we want to talk about is the gluten-free label. This one drives me crazy. But eating a gluten-free diet is extremely trendy these days. And around 1.5% of Americans are currently eating a gluten-free or actively trying to restrict gluten in their diet. And only one-third of these people or one-third of these people haven't even been diagnosed with celiac disease. They're only eating a gluten-free diet for other personal reasons. And only 1% of the population actually has celiac disease. If you want more information on celiac and gluten, listen back to our allergies and intolerance episode for more on that. And just so we're clear, there is evidence that in addition to a full-blown celiac disease, a portion of people may be sensitive to gluten or wheat. However, processed products labeled as gluten-free and made to replace gluten-containing foods are generally not healthy, and they also tend to be much more expensive. Basically, what we mean by that is just because it's a gluten-free cracker doesn't make it a healthier cracker. It just means someone who's avoiding gluten can have that cracker. There's nothing healthier about it, and these foods are... They tend to be made from highly refined, high glycemic starches like cornstarch, potato starch, and tapioca starch, and also can be extremely loaded with sugar. So basically, eating a gluten-free diet should be about ditching refined refined carbs and cereals in general and replacing them with real whole foods, not simply replacing them with their processed-free counterparts. So in summary... Gluten-free products are often loaded with unhealthy ingredients, and honestly, it's just better to avoid them at all and just eat real foods instead. Yikes. I mean, I've even seen gluten-free products or that gluten-free label on baby wipes, so there's that. Oh my gosh! (laughs) What? Yeah. I mean, like... Maybe some people have gluten allergies and like they can be that sensitive on the skin, but right. I doubt like that's like, a, but 
both of us are shaking our heads right now. It's just, it's great that there are so many options available for those that need it, but it just drives me crazy when those who don't need it think that they're doing something good for their body by avoiding gluten. It's like, no, like it's great that the food industry is more inclusive to those with like celiac disease or gluten allergies and gluten intolerances, mm-hmm. but most people don't need to avoid gluten. Mm-hmm. I mean, gluten is a protein, so right, it's fine. Well, it's, okay. it's fine. <laughs> so then, so the next biggest food lie is the hidden sugar. Unfortunately, most people don't even read the ingredient list before making a purchase. I know I, I sometimes don't, but even <laughs> but even for those who do, food manufacturers still have ways of disguising the actual contents of their products. So on the ingredient list, the components are listed in descending order by amount. So if you see sugar in the first few spots in that ingredient list, then you know that the product is loaded with sugar. <laughs> However, food manufacturers Manufacturers often put different types of sugars in their products. A food may contain sugar, high fructose corn syrup, and evaporated cane juice, which are literally all different names for the exact same fucking thing. Sugar. These, there are at least 61 different names for sugar on the food label. This way, they can have some other healthier sounding ingredient as number one on the list. I mean, for example, they even have honey. And everyone's like, oh, that's healthy. It's still sugar. Mm-hmm. It's still going to be processed as sugar. Mm-hmm. Never, nevertheless, if you were to add up the amounts of these three different types of sugars on the ingredient list, sugar would always be at the top. Mm-hmm. This is, so this is a clever way to mask the actual amount of refined sugar in processed foods. So be sure to check whether a product actually contains more than just one type of sugar. If that's a if that's the case, sugar may really be among the top ingredients. I mean, I looked at a couple of cereal products, and sugar is always up there. Always. Oh yeah, and it's sugar is usually like they put more than one type of sugar in there, mm-hmm. so there's at least sixty one different names for sugar, and a product may use like three or four of those different names. So, and even um, some products that end with an OSE right. is a type of sugar. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so very mm-hmm. tricky. Maybe we'll make a post with all the 61 different names of sugar. Oh, that'd be so fun. Okay. Yeah, we'll work on that. So the next one we want to talk about is the calories per serving. And the real calorie and sugar content of products is often hidden by saying that the product has more than one serving. So, for example, a manufacturer can decide that a chocolate bar or soda bottle is two servings, even though most people don't stop until they have finished the whole thing. This is extremely common. My personal example is the complete cookie. Those things are two (laughs) servings, so be careful. All of a sudden, you're having a 400-calorie cookie, and it can get out of hand real fast. So. Food but it's gluten-free. It is gluten-free, and I think they're vegan too, so go for it. Uh, food producers can use this to their advantage by saying that their products contain only a certain amount of calories per serving. For example, when reading labels, check the number of servings that the product contains. If it contains two servings and there are 200 calories per serving, then the entire thing is 400 calories. This is basically a complete cookie. 
I think it says 180 calories per serving for most flavors. And then Mm -hmm. by the time you finish eating it, you've almost eaten 400 calories. So another example (laughs) is a 24 ounce bottle of like soda. It may contain 100 calories and 27 grams of sugar per serving. But if the entire bottle contains three servings, the total amount is 300 calories and 81 grams of sugar. Most of us aren't sitting around like doing this math. Mm -hmm. So just something to keep in mind. So food labels are now beginning to show the calories per container, which is a step in the right direction. I think that law passed not too long ago. You'll Mm -hmm. start to see food labels that say per serving and then per container, which is extremely helpful. Uh, But I haven't seen the whole the complete conversion yet, but that should be happening soon. So Mm -hmm. in summary, make sure to check the number of servings on a label. Basically, you multiply the total sugar and the calorie content by the number of servings to find the true amount if the label doesn't already tell you. Yeah. The next food label lie is food flavored products. So many processed foods have a flavor that sounds natural. For example, orange flavored vitamin water tastes like oranges. However, there's no actual fucking oranges in there. (laughs) The sweet taste is coming from sugar and the orange flavor is coming from artificial sweeteners or chemicals. Um, Just because a product has the flavor of real food doesn't mean that any of it is actually in there. Blueberry, strawberry, orange, etc. These are often just chemicals designed to taste like the real thing. So just because a product has a taste of some natural foods does not mean that there is even the slightest trace of that food in the product. So Right. I think a big thing that happened like a few years ago, maybe like two or three, when green tea was getting a big reputation, things were starting to say like green tea flavored and did not contain any green tea. <laughs> but they were just making it clear that it, it was green tea flavored. Mm-hmm. But they never actually said you know, contains green tea. So just something to keep in mind when you see flavored things. Right. And I mean, at that point, like, instead of having, like, something blueberry flavored, why not have blueberries? Or why not have green tea instead of something green tea flavored? I don't want the extra calories, man. (laughs) So the next one we want to talk about uh, kind of falls in line with the uh, hidden or the fruit-flavored ingredients, but small amounts of healthy ingredients. So processed foods will often list small amounts of ingredients that are commonly considered healthy. And basically, this is purely a marketing trick. Usually the amounts of these nutrients are minor and do absolutely nothing to make up for the harmful effects of the other ingredients. Going back to something that might say green tea flavored, maybe it's a, a tea and it says green tea flavored and it just has a ton of sugar the amount of green tea that might be possibly be in there will not make up for the 30 to 40 to 50 grams of sugar that they actually use to make it sweet. So basically Mm -hmm. this way, clever marketers can fool parents into thinking they're making healthy choices for themselves and their children. Again, common with fruit flavored things. They might think that they're giving their kid something that contains fruit just because it's fruit flavored and it actually has barely any. And uh, some examples of ingredients that are often added in tiny amounts and then displayed prominently on the package are omega-3s, antioxidants, and whole grains. Woo, that was fun. And then the next food label lie is actually hiding controversial ingredients. 
Many people claim to have adverse reactions to certain food ingredients and therefore choose to avoid them. However, food manufacturers often hide these controversial ingredients by referring to them with technical names that people don't know. So, for example, in Europe, MSG, also known as monosodium glutamate, may be called E621, and carrageenan may be called E407. The same can be said for many types of sugars, such as evaporated cane juice. It sounds natural, but really it's it's just sugar. They just fuck with the names. Yeah, so probably good to steer clear from ingredients that just have a code. <laughs> <laughs> just my opinion. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, they're controversial, but... Again, it comes down to personal values. I mean, I honestly don't care if something has MSG in it. <laughs> so it's like again, uh, it's like how they can switch from saying salt to sodium chloride. People are like, "Oh, that's not salt. There. There's sodium right. chloride in there." Sounds bad. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you're someone who's actually allergic to MSG, you want to know that it has MSG. Not, you might not know E621, so what if you eat it and you're actually allergic to MSG, but they change how they can put it on the label. So that's controversial too. Right. (laughs) So next thing we want to talk about is low-carb junk foods. So low-carb diets have been pretty popular for the past few decades. We've mentioned this in a few episodes, so listen back. And food manufacturers have caught up on this trend as they normally do, and they start to offer a variety of low-carb products. The problem with these foods is basically the same problem that happened with the low-fat foods, and they're not necessarily healthy. Again, when you take something out, you do have to put something back in, and these these are usually processed junk foods that are filled with other unhealthy ingredients. Mm -hmm. There are also some examples of low-carb breads and other replacement products that contain more carbs than the label claims. Oh, there's another thing I want to point out is low, like some products have low net carbs, like only four grams per serving. And then you look and right. there's like an absurd amount of fiber. And right. I mean, just because you may not be able to digest it, I wouldn't discount it from being a carb. So, right. I mean, and it's also like the example that comes to my mind first is quest bars. Mm-hmm. And which is fine. I mean, there's is a lot of fiber in there, but there is a lot of research that shows that your body needs a lot of different types of fiber mm-hmm. to really give you the most effect and, you know, work the best within your, um, with like your microbes and your intestines and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Different microbes want different types of fiber as their food source. They don't want just one. So if you bulk up on, if you eat Quest Bars all the time and consider that your fiber source, you might be doing more harm than good with your microbes. They like diversity because you have a huge diversity of microbes. Mm -hmm. And who wants to be bloated from Quest Bars all the time? (laughs) Remember that time we ate like 70 grams of fiber from Quest Bars? I think that was you. (laughs) That was bad. (laughs) live and learn well okay I'm not gonna go more into that (laughs) 
So the next food label lie is organic unhealthy ingredients. So although organic foods can have some benefits, many food manufacturers use the word organic to mislead people. For example, when you see raw organic cane sugar on an ingredient list, this is basically the same thing as regular table sugar. Just because something is organic does not mean that it is healthy. The use of the word organic is regulated in the United States and backed by federal standards, which means product labeling is strictly controlled. The word cannot appear on packaging without certification according to requirements set by the USDA, and it's monitored by the National Organic Program. Becoming certified is a rigorous process where USDA-accredited certifying agents inspect every step in the production chain from growing to processing to packaging and labeling. Those involved must keep detailed records and undergo audits at every stage to ensure they are compliant with the organic standards. So once certified, there are four different categories of organic products that can be marketed to the consumers. Right, so now we're going to go into those four different categories, and the first one is if it says 100% organic, so an example might be if it says 100% organic coconut. Mm-hmm. So 100% organic means that the product was produced and processed using only organic methods and organic ingredients, and excluding water and salt, but including processing aids. So these products cannot contain any ingredients from the national list of prohibited substances, and the USDA organic seal is permitted on the front label. It is extremely difficult to make a product that is 100% organic. Most products in this category are a single ingredient that gets put into other ingredients, but to have an entire product with multiple ingredients that says 100% organic is very difficult. I believe when they put 100% organic, I think the product is only 98 to 99% organic. There's still that 1 to 2% variance. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Fantastic. So 100% organic, trans fat free. (laughs) Oh, good Lord. What does that mean? (laughs) So it's not actually 100%. What the fuck? Yeah. So this leads... So this leads into the next one, which organic, the word itself means that the product was produced using only organic methods and contains a minimum of 95% organic ingredients. So you still got that 5% right there that might be non-GMO and included on the national list, which will attach a link of non-organic ingredients permitted in certified organic agriculture and processing. These products may also carry the USDA organic seal on the front panel if they wish to do so. The majority of the organic items found in stores today usually fall within this category. Again, there's that 5% of non-organic bullshit. (laughs) Right. And the third one is, so made with organic. So this might be a label that says made with organic chocolate. And it basically means made with organic ingredients. And these products contain between 70 and 95% of organic ingredients. So it's kind of that next tier down. Mm -hmm. They can use the wording made with organic and list up to three ingredients or food groups on the front panel. Unlike organic and 100% organic, 
these products cannot include the USDA organic seal anywhere on the package, even though the product is certified organic. The non-organic ingredients in this product may or they must be non-GMO and produced without eradication or sewage sludge. Thank goodness. (laughs) This label category is great for companies that are committed to sustainability and trying to incorporate organic ingredients into their products. Made with can also be used in a step towards a fully organic product. Since the demand for organic foods is sometimes higher than the supply, it can be really tricky to switch a multi-ingredient product to being 100% organic all at once. You know, there's a lot of ingredients and products, so they're kind of swapping them out little by little, and it's kind of that transition. Mm -hmm. So the made with category, again, is a good stepping stone for companies that are still searching for organic sources for some of their ingredients. And then next, products with fewer than 70% organic ingredients or less can use the word organic to specify organic ingredients in that ingredient panel. These products are not permitted to have the USDA organic seal or make any front panel claims about organic certification. This is a good place to start for companies interested in moving towards organic because consumers read ingredient lists. At least we would hope so. So... (laughs) Just like me with organic, this shows that the company is committed to incorporating organic ingredients into their products. I mean, even though we like know a lot about food and this is our field, this still confuses me. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's so much. There is way too much. I remember going over this. God help me. I was like, what, in 2013? Uh, yeah this is with linda linda cop linda linda (laughs) yeah yeah it's a lot so yeah i just remember having to memorize this because we would be tested on it and Mm -hmm. it's it's extremely confusing and i'm 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 still a little bit confused (laughs) i mean i mean who I, i can't even who else is i can't talk right now I'd be confused, too. I'm confused right now. Help. Moving on, the next one we want to talk about is natural. So this is going to be the FDA's informal policy on the word all natural, and we copied and pasted this from their website, so I'm going to read it to you. It says, nothing artificial or synthetic, including colors regardless of source, is included in or has been added to the product that would not normally be expected to be there. That expected to be there is so ambiguous because, for example, I expect... I'm sorry, that requires assumption. Right. Yeah. Expected to be there. So, for example, I expect Oreos to have a shit ton of sugar. Does that mean it's natural because I expected it to be there? I don't know. (laughs) So... If just because you expect something to be there means it's natural, I it just it does not make sense. So basically, if Oreo comes out with a all natural and organic Oreo, does that mean it's better for you? I mean, every time you ask someone what is natural, they're like, you know, like when it's not processed. Okay, once you pick an apple, it's processed. The minute so, you wash anything, it's processed. It's just natural. Wash- yeah, it just I don't, all I don't natural. Know. I think is my biggest pet peeve on 
ingredient labels. I just... I mean, having nothing artificial or synthetic, that is, like, something tangible that you can prove. But when you start to say if the product has something that would not normally ex- be expected to be there, mm-hmm. what? Who, who expects what? Yikes. You know? So, I don't... Mm, mm, I mean, whatever makes them more money, right? <laughs> America. <laughs> so the bottom line is, <laughs> of course, it is best to just limit processed foods altogether and eat real whole foods instead. That way, you don't even have to worry about labels and ingredient lists. Real food doesn't even need an ingredients list. Real food is the actual ingredient. Preach it. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So now we're going to quickly breeze through what the new nutrition label looks like and what is changing. So I think this went into effect a year or two ago. And like we said, they're starting to roll out these new ingredient lists and the nutrition panel. So you'll start to see these changes. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, the calories and fat section, there's going to be larger, darker letters to make the calories the easiest item to see on the new label. And when it comes to health outcomes, the type of fat you eat matters more than the overall amount of fat. So for this reason, the label will now no longer show the percentage of calories from fat what will show the percentages from the uh, saturated and trans fats. Oh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing that they're going to start including is the added sugars, which I'm sure I know oh, I've seen God. recently. Um, yeah. So in addition to showing total percentage of calories from, cal- from sugars, labels will actually show the percentage from added sugars. This will... This is supposed to help you choose products that have lower amounts of added sugar from your diet, for your diet. Less than supposed to. Supposed to. (laughs) So less than 10% of your daily calories should be from added sugars. So did you know that the two main sources of added sugars in the United States are sugar-sweetened beverages and snacks and sweets, which includes candies and desserts? If you tend to eat or drink even one large serving of these foods or beverages per day, then you are likely getting more than the actual recommended daily limit of added sugar. So, 100%. So, I mean, I've, I eat, you know, I think I ate, what was it? Maybe like a Snickers bar? Oh, yeah. Not too long ago. And I'm looking at the label and it contains like 80% of my, <laughs> eight, uh, added sugar daily allowance or whatever, but it's fine. I don't eat that every day. As long as you, I feel like as long as you make up the rest of your diet around, like that doesn't have that extra bullshit. I think you're. I won't. Well, long story short, everything in moderation, in my opinion. But right. Anyways, so the next one on the new label is the serving size. So the serving sizes on the new label are changing. And the main reason for this is because, like, 20 years ago, people tended to eat smaller amounts than what they do now. The new serving size is required to reflect what people are likely to eat or drink today, not necessarily the portions that they should eat. Yikes. So, for example, the serving size of ice cream was traditionally half a cup, but people will more likely eat two-thirds of a cup. So now the serving size will be more reflective of two-thirds of a cup. Mm-hmm. And, for example, again, a 12-ounce 
soda, soda will be labeled as like one serving, but people are more likely to drink 20 ounces of soda at one time. So the new label will reflect that larger serving size. And this is intended to give people a more realistic view about the number of calories they are actually consuming. Going back to most people are not sitting around with their calculator calculating what's in how many servings they eat. They just eat. Mm-hmm. You, did you know, I don't know if you saw the commercial, but there was a commercial for, I think it was either Coca-Cola or Dr. Pepe, Dr. Pepper, where they actually had small serving size cans uh-huh. be, being popped out. Just be, uh-huh. Like they still want to promote their product, but still be part of the health initiative, I guess. I am. Um... I I hosted like a baby shower and I bought the small cans on purpose because I'm like, we don't need to buy a ton of big cans and people got mad. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Just drink some <laughs> damn water. <laughs> I was like, well, y'all put me in charge. So this is what you get. <laughs> dude, dude. I mean, we just yeah. had a, we just, my work just had a little like, congrats, you passed state little party and I bought a lot of the sodas. And literally, like, I bought a couple of diet sodas, and people got really mad at me. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. I was like, it tastes the fucking same to me. But Right, right. And anyway. if it doesn't taste the same, that means you're drinking too much regular soda. Right, right. So, anyways, the next new thing is going to be the dual column labels. Some food and drink packages contain more than one serving. But a person may consume the contents of the whole package at one time. So, for example, a pint of ice cream or a bag of chips. So two columns are going to provide the calorie and the nutrition information for one serving and one for the whole package. So <laughs> one is if you eat like you should be or and the other is if you eat like an asshole. <laughs> so the other thing on the new label is the updated nutrient requirements. So vitamin D and potassium values will now be required on the label. Calcium and iron will continue to be required. And vitamins A and C will no longer be required, but can be included on a voluntary basis. I gotta say, this is kind of cool, at least for my diet, for my dialysis patients, to right. see the potassium. I Honestly, just, I just wish they were all required. Yeah, but like, I, feel, I feel like there's something called information overload for the general population. It'd be fine for you and me, but for the... Yeah. The general population, or at least the population that I know, mm-hmm. are going to be like, what the fuck is this? And what am I supposed to do with this? Am I, should I be taking this? Should I be doing that? And they'll just be overwhelmed. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like education is helpful. And maybe the reason why people feel overwhelmed is because they don't know. Well, this is true. But who's going to start pushing that trend towards actual education? You. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be me. What the hell? <laughs> me and you. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Change the world one person at a time. All right. <laughs> so the next change in the food label is a slight decrease in sodium allowance. <laughs> so the daily limit for sodium will decrease slightly from 2,400 milligrams per day to 2,300 milligrams Per day, so that's 100 milligrams less. So this, <laughs> please stop. This change, 
This change matches the recommendations in the dietary guidelines for Americans from 2015 to 2020. So I guess they got that checked off. Uh, I mean, it's great that the recommendation changes, but how is that actually changing what manufacturers put in the food? I don't think, I think it's more for public awareness than anything. I mean, personally for myself, like I track what I eat sometimes just to get an idea of what I eat. And then I always look at my sodium content and I realize my potassium content is super low, but Mm -hmm. now it's completely changed. So maybe public awareness, but not everyone even has access uh, to MyFitnessPal, nor do they want to track their sodium intake, nor just... Well, I I disagree. I I think most people have access to my fitness pal. Mm. It's free. The only exception would be is if like you don't have a cell phone. Right. Which, you what know, about- if if you're unfortunately in extreme poverty, you may not have a cell phone, so I don't want to make that generalization that everyone is, you know, fortunate enough to have a cell phone, but at least here in America, I think most people have a cell phone. It's more of a a want thing. They don't want to track their calories. Yeah. I mean, some people don't, everyone operates differently too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. True. I don't know. So. Which in that case, intuitive eating can come in very handy if you're good at it. So. Right. And we'll probably talk about that in uh, an upcoming episode. Very true. All right, so I know this was a lot of information today, but I hope you found some of it helpful and you're a little bit more aware next time you go to the grocery store and see some food labels screaming at you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, guys. We're going to close it out now. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keeping It Juicy podcast. Your main squeeze in nutrition. Don't forget to subscribe so you can join us every Tuesday for a brand new episode. Also, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Keeping It Juicy Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a review. Five stars, no less. On whatever platform you're listening to, or send us an email at keepingitjuicypodcast at gmail.com. Or if you have any topics you'd like for us to touch upon, shoot us an email. Until next time, don't do anything that I wouldn't do. Usually the amount of these nutrients are uh, negligible. Negligible? Ne- negligible. Ne- neg- mm. There's a gibble in there. Neg- ne- negligible. <laughs> <laughs> negligible. What's another word for that? Click Google. I'm going to say minor. Negligible. This is basically just purely... Yeah. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> this is. Oh. <laughs> okay. So if Oreo comes out with an all natural and organic <coughs> Oreo. Oh god. Babe? Shut up, babe. You didn't even realize. <laughs> <laughs>